And I will get there in just a moment. We're going to start a new series called Breaking History. We all have history. And we're just going to scratch the surface on this this morning. We all have history. Some of us have personal history. Some of us have family history. Some of us have good history. Some of us have bad history. Am I right? We all have history. Every one of us. We all have a past. We all have something that we feel is a part of our heritage. How many of you know that a good, healthy, diverse church, meaning ethnically, educationally, economically blended church, where there isn't a majority of 80% or more, because that's the kind of neighborhood we live in, right? That's the part of the city that we live in. That a good, healthy, diverse church is not a church where people come in and check their identities at the door. Did you hear me? Right? We're not here to try to make you like me. Somebody should say amen to that. Right? We're not here for you to try to listen to the same music I listen to, watch the same movies that I, that I watch, tell the same jokes that I do. Please, somebody. Right? When we come together, as is written about in this letter from Paul to the believers that he knew in the city of Ephesus, a multi-ethnic and ethnically, educationally, economically diverse church is not one where people lose their identities. Is this starting to settle in? Hello, hello. We don't, it, we don't stop being who we are. Now, we do start to change. There should be some breaking history. How many of you would agree that not all of your history is good? Right? Okay, good. We got some honest folks in here. Not all of your history is good. That there are some things that you want to be broken. I mean, if we're all honest... That's where we are in our lives. Yes? Where there are some things that need to be changed. There are some things that need to be different. And that's what God wants to do with us, in us, and through us. John records the words of Jesus as Jesus is describing this. And Jesus said, For God... So love the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him it might be saved. Those are the words of Jesus. That's what we call the gospel or why we would call the we're born again or people of the way. Those are Bible terms describing what it means to be a person of faith in Jesus. Right? It's good news. It's good news. I can be forgiven. I can be set free. And in this salvation, there is change. Okay? So Paul says, or picking up in verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Isn't that good? 
You got to put off the old to put on the new. Why don't you try to say, say that with me? Put off the old, put on the new. Are your mouths working today? Come on, you can do it. Put off the old, put on the new. Let's try it again. Put off the old, put on the new. Right? That's what we're called to do. And I like this. It's like you almost throw slugs, you know, Django here. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Throw it off. Put on, oh, sorry. Put on your new nature created to be like God. Mark Twain said, clothes make the man. Naked people have little influence in society. Paul's using this example of clothing. How do you know that your clothing can define you? Some of us uh, wear uniforms to work. How many of you wear uniforms to work? Right? Okay. Who wear uniforms to work? How do you know that if you meet someone and the first time you meet them, they're in their uniform for work? Let's say that they are, uh, well, Brittany uh, is a nurse. In fact, she's in her uniform right now working today. So Brittany's a nurse. So let's say that the first time you meet Brittany is when you are under her care. And she walks in the door and she's wearing her scrubs and she is ready to draw blood or whatever it is that she needs to do. And then the next time that you meet Brittany is here at church. It might strip some mental gears a little bit, right? Right? Or let's take it a little further. Let's say that the next time that you meet Brittany, she's your server at Denny's. You think that might be a little distracting for a moment? Wait, 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 what? You know how to do this and you know how to do that? Your clothes can become a part of your identity. Even we wear Ravens jerseys, you know, especially today or on Fridays or we um, dress a particular way. We, we start to choose how we want to dress and we like to, it, to define us. You know, Steve likes to wear Green Lantern t-shirts because he likes the Green Lantern, right? It, we like our clothes to define us. And before Jesus, we are wearing things that after Jesus, we no longer need to wear. You notice I said we no longer need to wear. Because of Jesus, we are forgiven of sins, right? Okay? So we have here. Now we also may live new lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. So in Jesus, we have freedom. Real Total, complete freedom. If you ever wanted to move to a new city so you could just reinvent you and no one would think about you the way they used to think about you, come to Jesus. That's why they call it a come to Jesus meeting. Right? When I come to Jesus, I am free. I'm set free. I'm no longer obligated. See, before Jesus, you really didn't have a choice. Everything you did, said, thought, you were in sin. You were separated from the living God. Okay? Now, in Jesus, you are free, no longer obligated to be there. Now, what's interesting is that Paul words here in Ephesians... And in other parts of the Bible, what we don't have is God will put off your old and put on your new. Because God gives us a choice. Have you noticed this? 
God gives us a choice. We are able to choose how we are going to live. Now, with Jesus, we're set free. And it's a little bit mysterious, right? Because now in God's eyes, through Jesus, I'm forgiven of my sins. It's done. It's settled. There is nothing that I can do to earn more love from God. Nothing. There is nothing I can do to be more righteous or her. -er -er -er. So just knock it off. Hello? Just knock it off. Doing good deeds to try to feel good is not helping. Paul used a dirty word in talking about this, a word that I actually won't use here. All of my righteous deeds are garbage. That's what he said. If I am not, right? We are to be in him. But in him, as soon as I am in him, I am complete. It's done. It's it's done. It's done. It's settled. That's grace. Grace chose you. So we make a mistake when we say, I chose Jesus. Because we start to give ourselves too much credit. Hello? God certainly gives us a free will. We certainly have a choice to receive his grace. But do you know that you cannot receive his grace, but that he draws you? He is reaching out to you. He is drawing you. And it's only when you respond to him that you wake up. You just weren't aware of it before. Hello? I'm forgiven. I'm set free. I'm made clean. I've got a new life. A new life that's found in him. And it's only in this new life that I have a hope, a prayer of really being different. But I've got to let go of my past to allow God to break my history. Are you with me? I have a choice in the matter. Because as Proverbs says, I can be like a dog returning to its vomit. I can keep going back to the mess I used to be in. Or I can choose to not do that anymore. Not so that God will love me more, so that my life will be better. When you realize that you have freedom, real freedom in the grace of God, your life is changed. It's like, for a while, you just get kind of like a, woo! Right? I mean, we all express it in different ways. Some of us have a silent woo. Some of us shout, some of us dance, some of us clap. And people wrote about the reformers that started to study the grace of God and come out from under the Roman Catholic Church that was causing people to pay to try to make amends for the sins of those who had already died and other things like that that were twisting the truth of the grace of God and the grace of of Jesus and these historians wrote about these reformers that were discovering the true grace of God in the scriptures and they said it's like they went down into the cellar and discovered 1500 proof No, y'all too righteous for that example. <laughs> when you start to digest the love of God, you come to a place of being intoxicated beyond repair. It's good. I mean, it's really, 
really good. When you come to a place and start realizing what this love of Jesus really means, it's not a, oh, I've got to throw off the old. It ain't like that. Do I need to illustrate further? You throw that off, right? I'm going to shake that thing off. It's like those warm-up pants that the guys used to wear with all the buttons down the side or the NBA guys. Woo! Woo! Like you never see people so happy to take pants off, right? It's like they got shorts on underneath. Y'all be sanctified. Woo! That junk coming off. I'm trying to get into the words here. Some of us need to get into the words. That's what it's talking about. Throw off the old. But it's not a... It is a... You are free. You are free. It's done. It's settled. Yeah, you might have cravings. You might have pathways that you have burned into your brain. God's not going to immediately change your brain. You may have addictions. You may have issues. You may have... We all got stuff. It may take some effort. It may take some time. And most of the times, what it takes is you being honest with the people that God's put around in your life that don't pull you down, but pull you up. Do you hear me? That's what it usually takes, the people that you don't want to be honest with. If you will break down and be honest with them, all of this becomes much, much easier for me to just throw off the old and put on the new. If I put new, clean clothes over muddy clothes, because I was out playing with Gideon in the pumpkin patch, If I put clean clothes over muddy clothes, what am I? I'm still dirty. You hear what I'm saying? You've got to put off the old and put on the new. Right? Now, we have scripture. I want to read to you or just introducing this series today. Can we turn to Hebrews chapter 12, please? Take a right-hand turn. You're in Ephesians. Take a right-hand turn. Towards the back. I've got page 987. <laughs> I know this might sound difficult because we, leave an, we live in a broken world. You know how I know that we live in a broken world? Scientists are developing seedless watermelons instead of defeating cancer. Or, I don't know, the hoverboard. Come on, they did it in the movies back in the, what, 90s? I want a hoverboard. Some of you need to just relax. Just relax. We li- Listen, we live in a broken world. This might seem intimidating. It might seem daunting. But guess what? It's not you that it's up to. It is God in you. Your confidence in God is what matters. Hello? There's a scientist working on seedless watermelon. we got cancer and all this stuff. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12. Can we start in verse 1? Are we okay? Therefore, we've got to find out what the therefore is there for. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So there is some endurance. Okay? Now how do we do this? Let us run with endurance. How many of you have heard this scripture before? Alright, alright. Now let's get some context and some purpose. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before. Let me tell you something real quick. Okay, I have 60 seconds. 
then we're going to do something different. There are two stages of a marathon, 26 miles, where most runners quit. Do you know what they are? The first one is in mile one. I mean successful. People that actually run marathons, not me. Right? People, successful marathoners, mile one is one of the most two popular times that they quit. They're, they train to run 26 miles and they quit in the first because they can't get in the rhythm. They get discouraged and they feel like they're not going to be able to finish, so they quit. And the other is mile 15, 16 in the middle. Some of us have started the race, but we're losing heart in the middle. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. I've got news for you. Yes, there are things that we will learn in this month as we go through this series on breaking history. Yes, the people around you can be a support. Yes, God will break down old habits and desires. Yes, there are things, there are steps, there are stages to this. But you know what the one simple thing is that we can take away from this? Keep your eyes on Jesus. We don't throw off the old by striving. By a 20-point to-do list. By accomplishing it. We don't throw off the old by actions. By focusing on what we're not supposed to do. We throw off the old by focusing on Jesus. Does that sound good? Doesn't that sound good? Those of you that were here last week, you heard my dad Say, you really can change. You can. It's God in you. God, the one who created the world in you. Okay, we're going to give you an opportunity to share communion today. And I'll give uh, Chris an opportunity to share his story. We're going to do a couple things, but I'm going to make a couple of really quick announcements. Sounds crazy, right? Okay, those of you, this is your home church. We've started off in October our annual calendar for our uh, courageous generosity or what we call give. If you're using a check, there's a box in the back of the room or our website to make your donations. If you memo it, give. What that means is it's not your normal giving that helps pay the expenses of us being here, but it's money that we use in Baltimore City and in other countries to help the poor. This past week, Rebecca and I were at our annual conference. Those of you, you may not be aware, but we're a part of a network of churches called MFI. And I was reminded of, and Jesus stood in the temple when he was here on earth, and he quoted Isaiah 61. Let me refer to it just real quick, okay? I promise, quick. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. I'm so glad because in our fellowship this past week, um, I spent time with our 
pastor in Haiti who's been there for over 30 years and God has delivered from a deadly brain tumor and has been kidnapped uh, and freed for his work among the poor. And those in our fellowship in New York City and Cleveland and um, Guam, had people from Guam there this week, um, Puerto Rico, that are serving the poor, that are serving the brokenhearted. This church is a generous church and has a heart to help the poor. We do that with our time, we do that with our energy, but we also do it with our money. Rebecca and I and the other leaders are happy to pray over your commitment. A lot of people will write out your commitment on a piece of paper, what over the months of October to September 2014, you believe God wants you to give. We would ask if this is your home church that you would pray and just ask God what he wants you to give. This, this has, we don't need this money. Okay, God will take care of us. We don't need this money. But we want to give you an opportunity to enjoy the principle of sowing and reaping that's clearly in the scripture. And so I want to make sure that you're aware of that. We've got some really exciting opportunities we'll tell you more about later this month. October 31st, you may or may not be aware, but my wife and I live three blocks from here in a street that just absolutely gets mobbed on October 31st. The movie theater here has been kind enough to give us hundreds of boxes of movie popcorn, and we put invite cards on the movie popcorn, and we give it away, and with candy. You are welcome to come join us at our house on that night between 6 and 9 p.m. We certainly could use help putting some touch cards on it. This year, we're giving away 500 boxes of popcorn, each with an invite card to church. Last year, we went through 400 in two hours. I don't know what your neighborhood's doing, but that's what my neighborhood's doing. So the October 31st, you're welcome to come to our house. Feel free to ask someone where that is. We have a youth conference that is coming up, and this is for middle school, high school, and university age at our uh, regional rep church down in Chesterfield, Virginia. It is awesome. It is going to be actually better than last year. I know, Lisa, you're saying, how is that possible? It is possible. It is going to be outstanding. If you're middle school, high school, university, you want to come, you want to join us, please contact me immediately. We'll help make arrangements for a place to stay and a ride down there and back. Okay? Everyone got the dates? Okay. Um, Chris, you come? Share with us? Two minutes, maybe? Is that, is that possible? We like to do something called His Story, Her Story, where we give people an opportunity to share part of their story, what God's doing in their life, and Chris is going to come and share with us. And then Nate, you can follow. I'm going to make this as quick as I can. You're shorter than you look. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad to be here. Good morning, everyone. Uh, really quickly, um, I hope to speak to anyone who's discouraged. I'm glad we prayed for jobs. I'm glad we prayed for that today. Uh, Last year, real quick story, uh, I'm a teacher, I was teaching, had a rough year. Um, it was one of those times, that, I don't know if any of you have been in that situation where you dread getting up in the morning. It's just one of those points where you're getting up, you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you know you have to, you, you pray about it every day. I prayed every morning, in the car, getting there, listen to worship, anything to keep me going to work, I was doing. And didn't understand why God had me in that position, had me going there. Um, and like I said, I'm glad we prayed for jobs. I asked for that prayer. I know that people are praying for me. And it just, one of those things, I just wanted to be an encouragement if you're in that place today. If you're not in that place, enjoy the story. Um, but if you are, I really want to be an encouragement because um, through that, um, I still had this sense that, no, I still have to do my job. I still have to go into work every day, put a smile on my face, and even when I'm not feeling joyful, dig deep. 
and find some joy and find some semblance of purpose in that. And um, I was also then applying for new jobs because I had a two-year commitment at the school I was at. And I said, you know what, I'm not doing that again. Uh, I know I need to be there now, but I don't need to be there next year. And I applied and I applied. I think I applied to over 35 jobs um, over a period of two months. And I heard nothing, absolutely nothing. I was getting frustrated. My parents here today. I remember talking. I was like, I'm applying. I mean, I would just, I want to hear a no, anything. Take anything. Um, and finally got to the point where through some crazy loophole in Baltimore City Schools, I was able to transfer. And I'm like, okay, that's good. I originally came in wanting to teach a third year here in Baltimore City. And I was like, oh, this is great. Um, through that loophole, get it. I'm trying to go pick them. Sorry. Um, through that loophole, uh, I go to this transfer fair where a whole bunch of teachers that need to transfer schools go to. And I feel terrible. I felt out of place. I felt like a fish out of water. I was just like, I don't want to be here. So I talked to zero principals. I didn't talk to any principals. I didn't talk to anyone. I just felt like I was in the wrong place. And that was a stupid, stupid idea because I didn't have a job for the next year. I didn't want to go back. Um, but at the same time, I just didn't feel right. So I went home, and two days later, I get this call from one of the principals. He's like, hey, uh, I heard that you're on the transfer list. I'm like, yeah. He's like, why didn't you come see us at the fair? I was honest with him. I was like, I didn't feel comfortable. Um, it, I felt weird. And he's like, well, the good thing is we called your school and your math department head about someone else who came and talked to us, and he actually recommended you instead. And <laughs> I feel bad for him a little bit. I'm like, okay, that's great. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's great. So we have this talk, and I guess I got a really high recommendation because he didn't even interview me. He's just like, okay, well, uh, if you want to have this job, you can come. I'm like, what? So then I get another call afterwards. That was assistant principal. I get another call from the special ed department head, and she's like, yeah, we also called this other special educator who works at your school, and she recommended you over this other person too. I'm like, okay. So I had two people that just from digging deep and from God working through me and that craziness, even when I thought there was no purpose for me doing my job, when times when I literally could have gotten away with anything, and I'm not joking, okay, I could have gotten away with all this stuff, which sometimes I would, but um, I could have gotten away. God was still saying, no, do your job, do what you're supposed to do, and that will reap benefits. And then I get the third call from the principal, and he says, we'd love to have you on our team in a period of an hour. And I'd been looking for jobs for three months and just like, oh, okay. So I told him, well, you're going to have to give me like a week because this is a little fast. I get the job. I love it. I'm, I'm at a school down south in Baltimore. I'm still in Baltimore City School, still teaching the same kids, but you'd be amazed what a different environment can do. You probably know that being here, being with these people. Um, and more importantly, two weeks after I felt comfortable at that job, guess when the job offers started coming in? <laughs> afterwards. So Ben actually already said the verse I was going to say today, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's inscribed in my wedding ring. It's so important in my life. And I think everyone says the whole trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on in your understanding a lot. But don't forget about that second part where, you know, if we do this, he's going to make our path straight. He's going to shut, for me, he shut every single other door until there was one kind of cracked open. And he's like, by the way, you can go in that one. Um, so just to be an encouragement, sorry I went a little over. I hope I hope if you're at that place looking for a job, if you're at that place just where you don't feel comfortable where you're at, maybe you're in this city and you don't feel comfortable, there's a reason you're here. There's a Amen. reason that you're in this room right Amen. now. Um, feel good about it. So That's thank good. you so much. That's, a, that's an awesome story. I got to hear that a week early from Chris, and I saved it, didn't tell anyone, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> um.
We're going to take a time just to take communion right now. Uh, and what I just, what I really uh, felt impressed upon my heart is that this is a wonderful time that we can celebrate and be joyful. Um, we're remembering what Jesus did for us. He went to the cross, and he sacrificed himself so that we could live, so that we could have eternal life. But all the wonderful other things that, the side benefits, I guess, that come with that and come with being a believer. And this is a really a time to celebrate and be encouraged. Um, and it's actually kind of real fitting that we kind of has the, have this theme that's going on. But I just wanted to read to you, uh, this is, you know, the popular Beatitudes. But just to remember that even if you're in one of these positions, God has a blessing on the other end. And why does he have that blessing? Because Jesus already went to the cross for us. He went to the cross so we have these blessings. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. I just want to, I love that last part. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. And during this time of communion, we're going to come up, be thinking about that, be thinking that we have a great reward in heaven, because Jesus already came and gave us the ultimate sacrifice, paid the ultimate price, and went ahead before us to prepare the way. He's up there, he has a plan for us here, but as Ben used that description a little while ago, he's got a plan for us. The rope is this big. He has a plan for our in our life here. But our reward is in heaven, and it's a whole lot longer. He, he has a plan there as well. He has a plan of good things for us there too. So what we're going to do is if you're going to come up, we have tables on either side at the front. Grab a glass of juice. Grab a cracker. Take it back to your seat, and then I'll lead us. thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body let's take the bread together
Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's take the juice together. Father God, we just thank you so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us, to prepare the way. Father God, so we can enjoy blessings here on earth, but also blessings in the future in heaven, Father God. Thank you that your your blessings ring true even now, that even though we may feel meek, we may feel poor, we may feel inadequate, Father God, that you're storing up blessings in heaven for us. We just thank you for that today. We thank you so much for the sacrifice of your son. Um, and in, it's in that that we rejoice and we're glad that our happiness comes from today. So in your name we pray. Amen. Just want to say thank you everyone for coming. It was a wonderful to have you and see all your faces. If you want, um, you can pass your cups to the aisles. There are going to be people picking them up. And then if you want to grab your Bibles, purses, and head out to the coffee shop, we have some coffee. We've got some snacks. I already had some. They're delicious. Say hi to someone. Hang out. Laugh. And uh, we hope to see you again next week. God bless.